remain standing, take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews. Thank you, Pastor Alex. Thank you, worship team. I think we ought to give them a hand clap of thanks for these guys. They work very hard. If you desire to be on the worship team or on the choir, you just see Pastor Alex, or you could go to the app and send in a little get involved uh, email to us, and we'll help plug you in. Appreciate it. They work so diligently. Some folks don't know how hard people work to do things, and they work very hard. Thank you for all our sound people, our media people, uh, all, the, all the volunteers. You know, there's so many workers that are in the back right now ministering to, I don't know how many kids are back there, usually about 150 on a Wednesday. If you have a child, would you be sure to thank them? Say thank, just when you pick up your kids, say, you know what, thank you so much. And when it comes Christmas time, you ought to get them a card. You know what I'm saying? They allow for us to be here and to worship the Lord and, and see your kids discipled. You missed a great place to say hallelujah or something. All right, here we go. Let's read the word of the Lord. Going to look at two different passages of Scripture, very familiar to many. Hebrews 12, find verse 15, and then we'll go to Genesis chapter 4, uh, but not right away. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God... And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Father, tonight, I pray that you would move in awesome power. That you would touch us. That the truth of your word tonight, Lord, would penetrate the very fabric of our lives. Give us living understanding. And do all that you want to do. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you fresh off the press. Diligence. We need to be diligent about many things. And I've preached on this verse of Scripture before, but there's some new revelation I felt like the Lord gave me and given some circumstances and some divine things that took place, confirming the word of the Lord to me today. I preach it to you, and I've entitled this message, Avoiding... The bitter root road. Avoiding the bitter root road. Dr. Morocco is our senior pastor, our apostolic leader. He lives in Maui. He's traveling now. If you'd keep him in prayer, he's going to be in Israel and then in Germany for the celebration of the Reformation and also preaching at our church there. I think we have two or three churches now in Spain and he's going to be preaching there. So if you'll keep him in prayer. He lives in a place uh, that's called Olinda. And uh, if any of you have been there, some of you have, quite a few of you have, you have to drive up this road. It's called Olinda Road. Olinda Road, for those who are not used to country roads or mountain roads, is a little unnerving. The reason it's unnerving is that it has so many blind switchbacks with all of these giant eucalyptus trees And it's like you just drive from sea level all the way to about 3,500 feet in elevation. And by the time you get up there, the air is a little thinner, it's a little colder, and it's a completely different environment that you would think Hawaii had. There's nine possible, as I I recall, nine possible different types of environment in the earth. The Hawaiian Islands have seven. So you think of Hawaii, you think of the beaches, but, but there's so much more than beaches. And so you drive up this road, and it's about as narrow as our center, center aisle, plus a little bit on the sides. And as you get further up, these giant eucalyptus trees have bored underneath the asphalt and broken up the asphalt to these, I mean, there's these huge roots. that are. How many of you know there's roots under many roads, but you don't always get to see them? In this case... You can see the roots under the roads, and you literally have to drive around the roots. That's how big they are. I mean, some of them will come off the asphalt a good two feet. So you have to go in the other lane to go around the route. I was going up that road, I think it was in 2011, when I first preached uh, on bitterness. The Lord spoke to me. He said, the root of bitterness is like the roots in this road. These roots have been boring under the asphalt for a long time, but now they've burst forth and they're going to defile your car if you don't pay attention. 
You could bottom out. God help you if you have a low rider or something. Bitterness. We're all called to be diligent, to be vigilant, to have, to have a hawk eye, to have a, a sharp eye, a keen eye to discern and detect in the resisting of a root of bitterness in our heart. And you have to watch out for bitterness because bitterness will get you. It'll creep up on you. And I would venture to say that many people here tonight and those that will listen to this message later on, those that are online right now, you would have bitterness in your life, but you're not really aware of it. And I would say even more than that, have, have maybe dealt with the bitterness, but you have like a, a, a residue, a, a secondhand smoke, if you will. It's actually not even secondhand smoke. It's, it's you know, when you clean your kitchen and, and you, you go to clean the hood that's over the stove and it kind of looks clean, but when you, when you get up to it, it's, it's like, oh. Okay, you need to blast that film, you know, and I don't know, maybe you do that once a month or so, and if you cook greasy food, you better be doing it more than that. And maybe over, over the tops of some of your cabinets, your kitchen cabinets in your, in your kitchen, you have some, some uh, you know, little vases or things like that. That gets a film over it, and all you people that are into cleaning said, amen. Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, go up there and put your hand on it. You're going to find it. got a whole bunch of grease on it. It's residue from the greasy burgers and from the chicken fried steak and from, from come on, from the ham, the fried ham hock or whatever you've been frying. Bacon. Glow. Hey, I got touched by the Lord right there. Bacon. Here's another version. I think it's a new King James says in Hebrews 12, look diligently lest any fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness spring up causing trouble and by this become defiled. A root of bitterness can grow under the surface for a long time and it can begin to bring trouble to you. Say, what kind of trouble? Well, let me tell you what kind of trouble. Now, I've got notes. I don't know if I'll get to all of them. I've been just hammered by the Holy Spirit for the past three hours concerning this message, even four. It can cause trouble. Bitterness can cause trouble. Tell your neighbor and say, bitterness can cause you some trouble. How? It can cause emotional difficulties. It can not only cause emotional difficulties, it can cause physical difficulty. Listen, they've proved this. Secular scientists, which are wrong in many things, are right about this, that it can cause you sickness and infirmity, emotional sickness, physical sickness. It can cause you to be relationally stressed out. If you have a bitterness in your, in your relationship with your wife or with your children or with, with a friend, it causes not only stress in that relationship, that adversarial relationship, but it'll cause stress in your other relationships too. Come on, there's times when I'm dealing with challenging things in my life. And, and my wife knows me so well. And I'll go through this challenging thing and then I'll, you know, we'll have some interaction. And she'll be like, oh, what happened? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, no, I can tell something happened. I'm like, how do you know? She goes, no, yeah, I know you. What happened? Oh, it's that. You know, and then she'll pray for me and I'll confess and have to repent again. How many of you know men need to repent more than women? All of you all better raise your hand. But do it. We're going to have to repent for not repenting. Bitterness will cause you emotional problems, physical problems, relational problems, and it will definitely call you, cause you spiritual problems. When I've allowed for bitterness to get into my life, I find that I'm not as on fire. I find when I, when I don't deal with bitterness and frustration, it turns into anger. And by the way, we're going to get there, but Jesus says if you don't deal with your anger, it becomes a spirit of murder. And we're going to get there tonight, Lord willing. You have to deal with your bitterness, sir, brother, sister, brethren. You have to deal with your bitterness, your anger, the grease on top of your hood. You say, I'm not bitter yet, but do you have a, a residue of bitterness? Ask God about it. Ask the Holy Spirit now. Come on, just ask Him. Say, Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, show me. Because if you don't deal with it, you're going to have problems like that. And, it, and it's, it's going to cause your heart to become dull. When I allow for bitterness or I allow for things to get me, and if I don't start dealing with that, I start getting angry. And then what happens is, come on, if you're angry, you're not on fire for the Lord. Something's wrong with you. Yeah. 
Somebody said, well, that's a righteous indignation. It was righteous until you touched it. Then you, because of your flesh, turned it to be unrighteous. God is the only one that can really have righteous indignation. We can feel indignation over things that are unrighteous. But you have to be careful so that you don't sin when you're angry. And so the, one of the challenges with being bitter and, and angry and even allowing for a spirit of murder, oh, you might not have killed anybody yet, but you assassinated them on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter feed, and all the gossip circles that you've participated in in the name of intercessory prayer. Come on, lift your hands and say hallelujah. I've just found in my life that if I, it can sneak up on you, you know. You find you, it's just like, man, I'm just not as on fire. I just, Lord, where are you? He's like, well, you're bitter. You know, if you'll ask the Holy Spirit why you're not as on fire as you used to be, or why you don't have fire, why you don't have zeal, why you don't have passion, he'll talk to you. Defile many. Bitterness can be passed on to kids. Bitterness, I have seen bitterness. Come on, mama bitter, daddy bitter, and all the little bitters. Because what comes out of your mouth in your home, they're hearing and they're ingesting and they're going to speak it right out. You should hear what happens in children's church in different places. I've seen in years gone by, that means no time recently that I'm referring to. Where I've had challenges with different folks and confronted them and they are not happy about the confrontation. And then as time goes on, their children who were very warm, very loving, would always come and, and give a hug kind of thing, are no longer warm, no longer loving, and no longer giving hugs to Pastor Daniel. Now, I can, I, you, there's an assumption there that maybe something happened that Pastor Daniel ain't so nice now and talks stink about the pastor. And truth be told, it's years ago that this took place. But it was clear to have a conflict Bring a confrontation lovingly as much as like Christ as I possibly can and you need to learn to confront because if you don't, the devil will be running your house and running your business or running your church and the devil ain't running this church. He's underneath my feet and if he stirs up any kind of strife, stirs up any kind of trouble, stirs up some kind of bitterness, I will come at it with the Holy Ghost sword of the word and decapitate that thing, chop it up into little pieces and send it to the four corners of the globe in the name of the Lord with as much love from Jesus as I possibly can walk in. You say, what do you mean? Well, I can get bitter and angry over people hurting other people. And, and I can get bitter and angry over adultery. I can get bitter and angry over people hurting the church. I can get bitter and angry over all kinds of stuff. But it's his church, and I've found this. I've found this as I've served the Lord. I belong to him, and if I'm doing his will, what I'm doing belongs to him. The results belong to him. And all I need to do is just show up, keep my heart right, don't get bitter. Oh, come on, somebody say, don't get bitter. Oh, they don't pay me enough. Or they, they, I didn't get what I deserved. You deserve death, Bubba. So why don't you just smell the coffee? All of us deserve death. Every one of us. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. He saved me. He healed me. He set me free. I feel like a Pentecostal. Ah, tonight. Lord, God Almighty, help us. Better get back in the notes. Fall short of the glory of God. There's a whole series here, so I, I have to hurry. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're headed to hell. It just means that you're going to fall short of the... I don't want to show, fall short of the grace of God. I don't, I don't. If you'll turn to Jude, please. Jude. Hey, Jude. I don't know the rest of the song. There's only one chapter. Jude warns us to refuse a style, a, a, a lifestyle. Look at verse 4. Put it up, Jude chapter 4. Now listen, this is happening all over the world. It, the, the, Satan has no new tricks. He does the same thing. He just, you know, there's no new tricks. Old, old slew foot. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. So he's writing to the church and he's saying, there's people in your midst. 
who are headed for condemnation. That, you know what con- condemnation means? That means hell, basically. Who slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ as the only sovereign and Lord. Go to verse 11, I believe it is now. Woe to them, they have taken the way of Cain. Turn to Genesis 4, leave the scripture up. Genesis 4, you're going there, let's keep reading this. They've taken the way of Cain. Cain and Abel, you remember him. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. And it lifts three different false teachers. And, and I've preached on this before. The way of Cain. Cain took the, the bitter root road. And killed his brother Abel, Genesis 4. Balaam, he preached for money. And there are all kinds of preachers and teachers that do it for profit and they harm the body of Christ. And understand that false teachers aren't false because they don't have right doctrine. Oh, that might be the case, but that's not solely the case. In other words, you could have the 16 fundamental truths down, memorized. You could have those all down. And you could preach, pray, and prophesy. But in your heart, you're doing it to make money. That would be called Balaam's error. Although Balaam was was not right with God, but God would speak to him. It's kind of unusual. He's the guy that a donkey spoke to. You remember? So a false teacher doesn't mean they're teaching falsely. A false teacher means that there's something wrong. It can be false teaching, but it can be a false lifestyle. It can be something wrong. All of these are false teachers. Cain, we're going to talk about Cain. We're going to go there. Cain was a bitter, angry man, and he murdered his brother, became a spirit of murder, which Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 5. And he had, God had gave him an opportunity to get out of his bitterness, but he didn't take it. He took the bitter root road instead of take the narrow way. That's Cain. There are preachers, there are teachers that are filled with bitterness. They're angry. They preach angry. They act angry. They make decisions based on... I mean, I have seen some of the most incredible, painful wounds in, in God's people who've come even from other places... And have been so wounded because of the leadership as a leadership with the spirit of Cain. It's not that they're not saved. They're saved, but they're angry. They're angry because they didn't get what they thought they should have. And now they're 50 and they're disgruntled. And they're like, God, why don't I have a mega church? Man, you should hear the stuff I hear. People bitter and angry because I got a pastor at a church of 50 people. I love what D.L. Moody said about that, by the way. D.L. Moody. How many of you heard of him? He's pastored this mega church before it was called a mega church in Chicago. And at a church growth conference, a, a, a young pastor who's pastoring 50 people says, I want to know how to get a mega church. I want to know how to do what you did. And he says, well, how many people are in your church? He says, 50. He says, that ought to be enough to stand before the Lord on the day of judgment. Good point. And so oftentimes we, we get bitter because it doesn't go our way. And there are preachers and pastors and prophets that are filled with what I would call a spirit of Cain. They're bitter, they're angry, and it's maybe even just a residue. You gotta watch out. Come on, someone say, watch out. Cain didn't deal with his bitterness. All right, Genesis 4, and this is who we're gonna tune in on. I should talk about Korah, it's rebellion against authority. Yeah, all right, I will. I will, yeah. Authority is quite a thing. There are, there are numerous spheres of authority. If you live in the United States of America, you are underneath the authority of our government. Now, if you don't like it, go ahead and move. I've traveled to find out that though our, our nation has a lot of problems, I believe it to be the best country in the world, preaching the gospel. That might not always be the case. 
The only way for America to be made great again is for Jesus to be put on the throne again and for God to help us and help his people to overthrow the cords of wickedness, overthrow Roe versus Wade, overthrow same-sex marriage for which if you study the nations that have fallen like Rome, once you begin to endorse what God says is wrong, that nation, come on, we're a young nation, 200 what, 250 years, whatever it is. I mean, we're a young nation, and God could just wipe us out in a second, but he holds on, and there's a remnant. There's a people who are praying, a people who are believing. That's one realm of authority. If you don't pay the IRS, you know, they're going to find you. You live in America, they're going to find you eventually. You might get away for 10 years or whatever. You go live in the hills, they're going to get you. The family is another sphere of authority, right? How many of you, how many, you know, your children, Right? Daddy says, do it, then that's the law, right? Yeah, yes, dad, that's right, yes, mom. Right, that, that's, a, that's a, another level of realm of thought. An employer is another place. A quote from Dr. Morocco, if you can't submit to structural authority, then you're not under the authority of God. You say, well, you don't know what they did. Well, then change the story. Listen, you're born into the family you got. You've got to pray through until maybe you get delivered or they get healed or whatever, but then you make your own family, make your own decisions. You don't like what you have right now? You know, then pray in tongues, believe God, pray your ears off. That's your mission field. You don't like the way mom did it, dad did it. Well, you'll get to do it differently when you grow up. Meanwhile, you ought to thank God you got free meals, free rides. Maybe thank God you got heat. Thank God you got clothes. Thank God you, come on, that's a whole lot better. I could tell you stories of people, Korah's rebellion, Korah, they rose up against, against Moses. You know what happened? Crispy critters, those guys got smoked. Authority protects, and I'm not saying all authority is godly. Of course it isn't. Another realm of authority is, is, is it's the home, family, church, employer, church. How about church? Church is one. I've known people that can't submit. They simply can't. And nobody's walking around here with a spirit of control. In fact, let me say this. If you have a spirit of control and you're a leader, forget that. Let me, let me make it even smaller. If you have a spirit of control, you will never experience revival. You will never experience the freedom that comes in Jesus. You try, to, you try to be the fourth part of the Trinity to your husband all the time. Come on, what makes you think he's just going to be driven nuts? He ain't never going to come to the church. You constantly tell him, get his hand out your pocket. Put him in your Pick up your stuff. He's like, ah, oh, guy's losing his mind. Maybe the Lord will talk to him if you don't talk so much. Maybe the Lord will talk to her if, if you don't talk so much. Complaining and arguing, sir. Trying to make it even. Okay, Genesis chapter 4. We better move on before the rocks start being slung. Genesis chapter 4. Turn there. Genesis 4, verse 2. Let's go to Genesis 4 and verse 2. <laughs> Sunday night, man, I got all freaked out by a verse. I just thought, I just thought I'd skip that one. Okay, so here we go. Later, <laughs> later she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. We should go to verse 1. There we take the step of faith. Verse 1. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. It's not in the water. And gave birth to Cain. And she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Verse 2. Thank you. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks. What did he do? He kept flocks. What would that be called? That'd be called a shepherd, animal husbandry. And Cain worked the soil. What did he do? He worked the soil. So he's a farmer. Okay? Verse 3. In the course of time, Cain, Cain brought some of, the fruit, some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Good idea. In the course of time, the older brother decides, man, I'm going to worship the Lord. That's a great idea. But I'm going to worship him in a way that I want to. So I'm going to just bring what I think I should bring. Now, the, the only way they would know possibly on how to bring the right offering, which is something has to be slaughtered, that follows the entire Levitical, uh, the, the Levitical um, sacrificial system that you see all the way up to the completion of it in Jesus, the Lamb of God that was slain before the beginnings of the foundations of the world. So here, watch this next verse. So he decides he's going to bring some fruit. Thanks. Okay, verse 4. 
And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. Of the whatborn? Firstborn. It's a picture of him bringing a live sacrifice, which is really probably what, was, what took place when they were clothed in the Garden of Eden. At the fall of mankind, they're naked. God covered their nakedness with animal skins. I believe it to be a sheep, a lamb. I believe that. We don't know. It doesn't say, but it fits the picture. And how would they know to even do that? Because Adam and Eve, mom and dad taught them to tithe. Mom and dad taught them to give the first fruits of their increase to the Lord. Not a vegetable offering. Not fruits. All right. In other words, the atoning would be in the blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. All right. So let's move on. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Verse 5. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. So here's what's happening. Worship is taking place. Abel brings the prescribed right offering. But Cain decides, I don't have any animals. I just have fruit. And I'm just going to bring him some of the fruit of of my harvest, which is a nice thought. It's a good idea. But it wasn't the prescribed way. And that's why it says this now. Verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Let's all read this together. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Verse 7. If you, come on, help me out. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Question mark. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So here's Cain all bent out of shape. How come God doesn't like the way I worship him? How come the Lord doesn't like what I'm doing? And the Lord's like, I don't like what you're doing because that's not what I prescribed. And you can't just live for the Lord the way you want to. Harlot Babylon... You listening to me? Harlot Babylon will endorse any way to worship God. There is a prescribed way of worshiping Him. It's found in the Word of God. And you deviate from that. You'll end up all blusted up from the toe up. You'll just be wrecked. You'll be shackled. You'll be hand. I mean, you'll just be a mess. I mean, you'll be roadkill on the side of the road. And if you don't understand that it's your own fault because you didn't live for the Lord the way that he prescribed it. I know so many people that are bitter and angry because they don't have the money. They don't have the blessing. They don't have the good marriage. They don't have the... And they've been living half-hearted for God all their life. And they're like, man, I've been saved for 20 years. Yeah, but you're smoking crack every three months. Man, I've been saved and loving God, except for that pornography addiction that you have. You've never dealt with that. I've been saved and in the way. You still never yielded the secret dark places of your heart and come to submission unto the Lord and yield your whole life to Him. If you yield your whole life to Him instead of bellyaching and complaining and arguing and being ticked off at God and ticked off at people because you don't have it, if you'll yield to Him everything, you'll walk in the blessings of God that you can't even imagine. He walks with me. He talks with me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, it's every day. I had an opportunity to get bitter. Yesterday. Maybe you had an opportunity to get bitter and angry today. Oh, I got to get to my notes because there's some nuggets in here. Come on, let's look at Cain's battle with bitterness. Abel worked the herds. Cain with the crops. Cain sought to worship the Lord on his own terms. See, really the underlining principle is the shedding of blood. You can't forget that. The shedding without the shedding of blood. There is no forgiveness of sin. Anytime you preach the gospel, you had best put Jesus Christ crucified in the midst of that. And him resurrected. God's justice requires the shedding of blood. God didn't, God didn't bring justification for you through a fruit basket. I said he didn't bring justification for your sin through a fruit basket. He brought it through his own son's blood. It's a picture and a, pardon me, it's, it's a declaration of justice. 
righteousness. Justice. Therefore, God rejected Cain's offering. Cain's wrong, bitter response to God and Abel is seen becoming as angry and sad. And I, I, I went off on a rant, but many people are angry because they don't, have, they don't have what they think they should have right now. And so they see it as injustice. Cain was angry. This root system that it was long developing in him because, because bitterness, it, it, there's a time frame on it, but don't let the sun go down on your wrath because it can become a spirit of murder. You give a time frame to your, to, your, to your anger. And this bitterness, this anger, this rage that Cain had, he turned it loose and he murdered his brother. We don't know how long that, 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 that took, but people fall into bitterness usually because they feel overlooked. People fall into bitterness usually because they feel misunderstood or mistreated in relation to money. They feel like they didn't get paid enough. They feel like they didn't get enough in the settlement. They feel like they don't get enough alimony. They feel like they don't get, they don't get enough paid by, by, by their employer. They, oh, money's a big thing. You've got to watch out for money. You be sure you tithe and be sure you're a giver. You never let that thing get a hold of you in the area of money, man. It'll get you. It'll gut you. It'll pierce you through with many piercings, says the Word of God. Don't let the love, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Many people get bitter over the fact that Bubba's getting 50 cents more on the job than I have, and I've been here longer. Of course, they don't see how Bubba works twice as hard as you do, you lazy thing. There's nobody here online, maybe. In their marriage, they get bitter over their marriage. That's a, that's a big one. Relation to honor. They don't feel honored. They don't have honor from their spouse. And then they get bitter. And then that causes what? Physical illness, emotional illness, spiritual illness. It causes stress in your life. God sought to help Cain. I love this. God comes and says, Hello, McFly. Hello. Not that that's a Christ-type picture in that movie, but he, he comes and he says to him, he says, oh, whoa, 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 Cain, hey, Cain, Cain, what? Now, Cain, if you had done the right thing, don't you think I'd reward you and give you favor like I did your brother? Can I just break it down? But you didn't do the right thing. You heard from dad, you heard from Adam, you heard from your mama that there has to be, I, I, I covered their nakedness. It's a picture of what you need. Your sin can only be covered by the blood. Fruit ain't going to work it. So what you could do is take your fruit basket and trade with your brother and get some of the firstborn. Get, come on, bring a, a lamb without blemish. Bring it to me. Sacrifice it. You'll have favor just like your brother. Now, if you do, if you do the right thing, well, you're going to be accepted. You're going to have favor, and you can be happy and filled with joy. Now, if you do the wrong thing, sin is crouching at the door. He gets warned by God. It's a preemptive, uh, a preemptive assignment by God. He comes and he, and he talks to me. He gives this pastoral counsel. I love it. It's the first bitter guy in all of Scripture. His pastor comes and says, Cain, Cain, listen. Look at me. Okay. You can have what he has. You just got to do the right thing. Now, you think that would develop within him. Oh, man, I blew it again. I blew it again. Can I do it over? He'd be like, sure you can. It'd be a fresh start for him, but that's not what he did. No, no, no. That bitterness had got so a hold of him that his heart was hardened, and he didn't take the way of escape. God will always make a way of escape for you. Whatever temptation that you're in, it's common to man. It's common. Whatever temptation you all are going through over there, it's common. Everybody's been through it. And come on, Jesus can do it. He did it in me. He can do it in you. I've had people say, oh, you don't know what I've been... Oh, stop. I'm so sorry. Meanwhile, the resurrected power of the Lord lives on the inside of you. He can give you power to overcome. You can learn to choose rightly and not be a bitter, angry, downcast person. So God asks him two questions. Why are you angry? And, and these are questions you should ask yourself. Ask yourself, if you're angry, if you're finding anger in your life, ask yourself, why? Why am I angry? Oh, I'm, 
I hate to say that, I have to do this all the time, but I've got to do it frequently. Certain stuff gets under my skin. I know, it's just the flesh. If I'm prayed up and full of the Spirit, it doesn't happen too often, but I get running around and doing ministry. You know, and, I, and, and sometimes I get, sometimes get ahead of the Holy Spirit. Got to just, if I find myself losing my peace and getting anxious and getting angry or frustrated, I'm out of kilter. I'm off, I'm off the plumb line. You understand? And if you're finding yourself blowing your top, I am talking to somebody over here. You're finding yourself blowing your top and you're angry and you're, and, and you're going through stuff and you're just mad because uh, uh, you need to find out why you're so angry. Ask God. I dare you to ask him. Why are you angry? And he might say, you say, Lord, why am I angry? Come on, ask him. Lord, why am I angry? That was lame. What are you, scared? Ready? One, two, three. Lord, why am I angry? And you might hear something about your dad and the deep wound that took place when you were a little boy or a little girl. You might hear something about your mom. The deep wound that took place, the rejection or maybe the abandonment. You might hear something about your uncle. You know, the uncle that came over to watch you. You might hear something of your past that the Lord will remind you of. And I'll tell you, whatever God reveals, God will heal. He doesn't bring things to remembrance to torment you. He does it. If you want him to get the root of the problem out of your life, you've got to be willing to play hardball or you can be sedated all your life and miss God altogether and end up bitter, angry, sitting on your porch, smoking two packs of cigarettes every day and think that every day, oh, everybody, did. oh, oh, yeah, oh. Become a Democrat or something. Yeah. Jesus. You know, God's not Democrat. He's not Republican either. He's God. I sure like saying that, though. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Minister David, have that edited from our recording, please. Thank you so much. Cain was angry. He was offended. And when you, when you, when you ask the Lord that, have him, allow him to show you details. Details. Details are important. Why why are you sad? Why are you filled with self-pity? Why am I wallowing? Cain was wallowing. Don't raise your hand if you've had a good wallow. Pigs wallow. Believers don't wallow. Pigs wallow in the mud. Wallow. Wallow in self-pity. I want more money. I want more honor. I want, you know, if you lose gratitude, gratitude is one of the keys of unlocking your bitterness. You've got to be thankful for what you do have. Amen. Amen. Let, let, you know, we, we do a thing around our table. A friend of mine has done it, so we've added it over the past five years or so. And, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, high-low, yeah. And uh, the high-low we do at our table is, okay, what's the, what's, the, what's, the high, what's the high point of your day? What are you thankful for? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm thankful I went to morning prayer and God touched my heart. What's the low? When that guy ran me off the road. I forgive him right now. What, 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 high low. It's good to, to magnify the positive and minimize the negative. It's good to be thankful you're not going to hell. Thankful that you're not busted. Thank you. Thank you that you're not in jail anymore. Thankful that your marriage has been healed. Thankful, come on, that you didn't die that flu influenza. Thankful that you don't have cancer. Thank you that you're not in a wheelchair. Thankful that you got your right mind tonight, most of you. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say I'm thankful. What are you thankful for? If you lose that, you can start getting bitter. And Cain, well, he, he, he never did that. He never did that. I mean, compare with, think about what you have. Let me see. I've got eternal life. My sins are forgiven because of what Jesus has done. And he's got a house for me. Some call it a mansion. Reverend. Some call it a mansion. You know, he didn't say you can have a mansion, but he says he's got mansions and he's preserved a place for you. I don't know if I got a nice room or I don't know what I got, but it might be in a mansion. It might be a mansion. All I know is I got some. He's got a place for me. I'm going there one day in the by and by and the sweet by and by. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Not only that, there's good weather in heaven, Pastor Vince. I ain't no hurricane. I saw, some, I saw some video of people flying around in hurricanes, being swept off their feet. People being killed, horrible, horrible through weather. and so, There's good weather in heaven. 
Come on, I, I, I don't know about you. you. You understand, you get a glorified body? Come on. <laughs> glorified body in heaven. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Yes. Unless we're all like 700 pounds and have no health problems and we just... That used to be in, you know, before... It did. No, it did. It did. Ask a historian. Voluptuous, I think they call it. Is that wrong? Okay, cool. Move on. She said, stop. You get, you get to go to heaven. You don't go to hell. You have all your sins forgiven. You're, you're, you're seated there with the Lord. You get to, to rule and reign with him. <laughs> rule and reign with him for... Wayne. Rule and reign for thousands of years. For eternity. Think about what you have. And it's like the Lord looks and says, so do you really want that bitterness about the 50 cents an hour to interrupt my relationship with you? It's 50 cents. You want to bring 50 cents to the bed? I'm in 50 cents. He's going to get 50 cents. I've been here longer. Why don't you just let that go? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Where are we? You guys getting anything? If you do well, will you not be accepted? It's, it's, really, it's really never too late to start. You can start tonight. Tonight is the first night of the rest of your life if you, do, if, you, if you decide to do it his way. Or you can give him your fruit basket and see how that works out. You can change your attitude right now. It's called the glory of man. You have a choice. We so many times want God just, God, just come and change me, change me. He says, no, I've given you my spirit. You resist the devil, he will flee. Submit to God, resist, resist. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He will. You have to do the submitting part. But we lost half of you right there. We want the victory. We don't want the submission part. If you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Man, this is a tremendous, the New Testament principle is that if you yield, if you allow yourself to yield to this bitter root and it, and it operates and comes in many stages, it'll grow like cancer. You listen to me. I'm almost done. I'm going to make a two-part message. If you, had, if you had cancer, may you never, I will, I will never have cancer. Come on, you ought to say that. I will never have. If they found cancer on someone's body, it's just a little bit though. I mean, you know, it's just. Would you leave and go, well, it's just a little bit? No, you'd be like, where's the scalpel? Cut it out now. And then you'd be answering the the altar call and believing for healing, right? You're not going to forget about the little bit of bitterness. Oh, cancer, I mean. It's just a little bit of cancer. So small. The doctor would be like, oh, dude, you don't really understand how cancer works. So I say to you as your pastor tonight, if you just have a little bit of bitterness, you don't understand how bitterness works. It'll work in you and it'll stir in you. And before you know it, you will have a spirit of murder. And your life will be so jacked up. I know many, many stories. I've been pastoring a little while now. Get the bitterness out of your life. If you're angry and you're sad, find out why. Ask God to show you why. And instead of Cain rising up, Cain rose up and was like, ah, and he killed his brother. He talked to his brother instead of God. I'm going to get there. You, you go look at those verses, and it says that Cain talked to Abel. He shouldn't have even been talking to him. You know, some people you need to distance yourself from because you're so bitter and angry. 
Another one, I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about you. It ain't about anybody else, it's about you. And then you'll be standing next to you on Judgment Day. It'll be you. Just you, you and Jesus. And you'll be covered in the blood. And you'll give an account for every idle word. You'll give an account for how you've guarded your heart or kept your heart. You, you'll give an account for everything you've done. And some things will be burned up. And other things you'll, you'll be rewarded for. But there ain't anybody else going to be standing there on that day. It's going to be you and you alone. And you get to choose whether you're going to be angry. Raise your fist at your parents or at God or at your pastor or your employer and bellyache and complain and end up cursed with a spirit of murder and wonder what happened, where's God? I'm telling you what happened. That little bit of cancer, I'm sorry, the little bit of bitterness will work in you and destroy you. Everybody say, don't do it. So much more. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. at you tonight not everybody you know some of you are doing real good others others of you you realize oh I've got cancer bitterness I don't want it anymore you know the Lord knows how to reward you he knows how to help you don't don't let anything get in the way don't let anything get in the way between you and me says the Lord I love you let it go 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 I know a man Years ago, separated from his children, so angry at times because he's, he would say to the Lord, 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 why is it? For I know murderers and, and, and people that have done horrible things living in penitentiaries today for the rest of their life, and they have more relationship with their children, he would say. Finally began to learn that Lord has timings. He's in control of every infinitesimal detail of the man of God, the woman of God that would submit to his leadership, that would submit to his rule, that would submit to his way. And you can get bitter and angry and it can give you cancer and disease and infirmity and destroy the rest of your relationships. Or you can trust God. God is on the throne and the devil indeed has been defeated. He's been given the mortal blow. Jesus' death and resurrection, his fate is sealed. The way he finds entrance into your life is by you partnering with him. Sin is at the door. It crouches like a lion seeking to devour you. That's the picture. But you must master it. You must learn to rule. You've been brought into this time in history not to be somebody who is, is defeated and rejected and despised and filled with sin and, and bitterness. No. You've been brought at this time in history to be the army of the living God. To know who you are in Christ. That you were the redeemed of the Lord. And to walk in a God-given, blood-bought dominion. And learn to exercise your rulership over the works of darkness. Don't you open the door to the devil. Don't you open the door to that roaring... That lion that would roar, he crouches at the door. You must master it. You must rule over it. You say, well, I can't. Well, learn or be cursed. 
God doesn't want that for any of us. Oh, I wish I heard it so plain and clear when I was a new babe in Christ. Quit complaining and arguing. He can elevate you in one day and make you the, the head of the nation in one day. One day he can bring you out of obscurity, out of the dungeon and second command of the greatest. He did it for Joseph. He can do it for you. One day, one day, just one day. It doesn't matter. Lose, lose, lose your, 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 your control on when it's all going to happen and come together so that you can then be successful and satisfied. I've learned this. Nothing satisfies except Jesus. And if you try to have success outside of that relationship, it'll utterly fail and become an idol to you. It's not about how much money you make. It's whether you really walk and abide with Him. It'll satisfy you in the deepest places of your life. And if you've been wronged and you've been mistreated, welcome to the human race. Give it to God and let Him fix their wagon. Let Him sort it all out. You don't have to argue. You don't have to complain. You don't have to try to get your the record set straight. Just trade your fruit basket in for some something bloody and do it right. Do it God's way. Did you get something? Come on, just talk to God. Service is almost over. Come on, just talk to them right now. Ooh, yeah, yeah,
of every family off of every person that calls this place home those listening online bitterness anger mistreatment resentment Lord we surrender these things and we just say Lord just take care of it all we lay it at your feet we will not be progressively like dominoes moved to a spirit of murder we say no we will forgive because that's the right thing let me, let me say this. Some of you are in jail tonight. You're in jail. Your heart's in jail. Because you have been forgiven so much. But you still hold that, you still hold that, that grain, that speck. You still hold that thing. And you're like, I'm going to just, not until, not until every last cent. Not until I get every, oh, everything that's deserved me. What are you, hypocrite? And you've, you've been forgiven all the nonsense you did if it was blasted up on a screen. Just run in shame. It's under the blood. It's not going to be blasted on the screen because you've repented. Now, how can you possibly hold somebody else to a standard like that? You can't. That's why it says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses or debts sins forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin listen don't 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 think that you all gonna get your golden harp and cruise around in dominion and power judging angels and nations if you don't forgive your dad you don't forgive your mom you gotta let it go come on moment longer and we're done it's a lifestyle every day every day don't get bitter get better don't take the bitter root road because it'll end up in the devil's hell is never meant for you let it go. You don't understand. No, I, I kind of do. I got my own story. And we all have. Because of the fallenness of mankind, because of sin. But thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Oh, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. I will not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. It is His blood that redeemed us and washed us and cleansed us. So, so stop. Just let go. Let go of your, your deep desire to make it right or to get right or to get back or to be honored. Let it go. And know that God is, sees everything. He sees it all. And He's the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So you diligently look for bitter roots to try to spring up and you make sure you root them out, tear them down and ask God why you're angry. Ask God why you're sad. Ask Him. And you'll find that many times it's our own self that's involved there. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. Don't leave this place in that condition. <laughs> Give your life to Jesus if that's you. Would you lift your hand? You want to get right with God first time or recommitment? God bless you. God bless you there. God bless you all the way in the back. Thank you so much. God bless you. Come on, pray this prayer right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. To rise from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing me.